louder! This is The Machine Shop, hosted by Bobby Amo. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. This is your killing machine, Bobby and Moan, and uh, we're at the machine shop here again today. It's been a while since we've had an episode here, and as you can see, I have another man here on my screen with me, and his name is uh, Michael Yenette. Am I saying that right, Mike? Yenette. Yenette. Michael Yenette. So, welcome, Michael. How are you, bud? Doing pretty well. Yourself? No complaints. It's been a busy week, and it's only Tuesday, so figure that one out. Yeah. I know how that goes. So, uh, Michael Yannette is uh, one of the head guys for Thanatos Productions. He also does a haunt. Uh, he's been doing Thanatos for years. I've known him maybe four years, I want to say, and anytime I've something around that number, I think. I've, I've been playing him. now uh, Thanatos for about five years. Right okay. Now. So I've known you probably just a little over half because I've seen you at shows and I've seen you in the costume and it's it's badass. So so we're going to jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself to start and then we're going to jump right into how Thanatos became a thing. So no, go for it. No problem. So I started off as a haunter when I was about four or five years old and uh, I started with a home haunt with my dad. Then one year, uh, my dad brings me to Wildwood to a very infamous haunt known as Castle Dracula that was at Nichols Midway Pier. And my dad had actually dressed me up completely full regalia as Dracula. And we went through the ride right in the middle of the summer and we go through the dungeon boat ride and a couple of the monsters the monsters haunters saw me and actually turned around and asked me to come back into the ride but through the upstairs portion which was the walkthrough and had asked me to be part of the show for x amount of time so they brought me in and they wanted me to be part of their what was the great hall which was a really cool uh gag which the portrait of dracula would come down after you'd stare into the fire it'd be a huge thing of uh, thunder and lightning and the monster or dracula would show up right on top of the fireplace so at first i was intrigued to do it and then i realized that you know five six years old uh i had stage fright when i was little <laughs> so uh I, I watched a couple of the the turns with the actors go through and i'm sitting behind and i'm watching with my dad and uh i ended up chickening out so uh which was not like me and if anybody who knows me knows that that, that i wouldn't have done something like that what the heck chicken out yeah, exactly so uh but it, that was something that always stuck with me because I did regret that decision. And then come 2002, uh, January 15th, 16th, um, the castle burned to the ground. And uh, I was actually 17 years old at the time. So that's 11, 12 years 
from when I first, you know, thought about doing it. And that summer, believe it or not, I was actually set my, setting myself up to work there. And once I found out that the castle burned, that was it. Because I figured 18, I'm going to go down a while, work for the summer, work at the castle, be a haunter for the first, you know, you know, a pro haunter. Yep. As soon as I found out the castle burned, I was like, oh my God, like there went that dream. So then, uh, I stuck, I stuck it out. I decided, you know what, I'm going to take my home haunt to the next level. And, uh, I started actually taking my home haunt and made it into a full fledged haunt in town, in the town of Dumont, okay. uh, New Jersey. And, uh, I had that going for a couple of years. And then I met my wife and I decided to stop doing the haunt at the time because I wanted to focus on, um, our relationship at the time, uh, Sorry, I have a little one walking around over there. No worries there. No worries at all. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, the about two or three years go by. Now, during this time, I was working at Party City. I was working at Spirit Halloween. So I started seeing the retail side of it. And I really got into how some of the stuff was made. But I was like, you know what? I don't like some of this stuff that we're that's available in the stores and i just got tired of it so i started making my own stuff and um i decided later on you know what like before i start doing some of this i would rather go into you know another haunt for a little bit of time and i did and i ended up uh, working at forest of fear in uh tuxedo new york which is owned by the renaissance fair at the time um for about eight years on and off. And I was a haunter there doing multiple characters. I was a, a minor one year. I was a zombie another year. I was a cannibal that would, was like, uh, would have one arm missing all of a sudden. I'd eat somebody's portion of, you know, flesh in and I would like regrow the arm, not trying to rip off for cheap scrapers, but, uh, <laughs> but I would change my appearance. And then obviously I would, you know, redo my own take on Dracula there as well. Um, then uh, I stopped working there. And then one day when I was working at Spirit, um, I was approached one day by a, a former coworker of mine. And uh, he got me into wanting to do our own company. And when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good idea. I'm like Maybe we'll actually get, you know, I'll start making my own stuff and get out there and into the actual field. And believe it or not, uh, that's how I got here. So uh, I'm real big into when you have a corporate identity, when you have a company, you need to have something that's a focal point for people to know who you are. Now, a logo is great, but when it comes to haunters, you want something that you have a character. You want something that is bombastic. You want something that is able to go out there and no matter where you are. Even if you have a booth, you see that character, you're going to know, oh, I, I know who's here. We got to go check out their booth. And uh, I went to Transworld one year and was trying to come up with ideas. We have to have a mascot. We have to have something. And uh, I came across a booth uh, by... Uh, uh, that's originally out from California. Their names are Immortal Masks. And I, I met George and Andrew Freeman. And you know what? Their stuff was spectacular. And I came across one particular mask that they made. And I saw the way that they did that particular treatment. I said, I, I got to have this. Like, absolutely got to have this. And in my mind, I'm just really like, what can I make with it? What can I turn it into? And I said, you know, are you okay if I 
build upon this and make it the mascot of my company? It's like, absolutely. Like, you know, if you want to do anything more with it, you let me know. So it's like, okay. So I started, you know, coming up with their character. Then I made it, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to make him a demon? Do I want to do this? So then I turned around and I'm like, you know what? I need something that's a little bit more impressive. Like something's got to be really in your face. As soon as you hear it, you're just kind of like, ooh, what is that? And I started looking, believe it or not, in mythology and in the Bible. And I came down to two names. It was either going to be Abaddon, or it was going, which was the um, the left hand of God, which was the destroyer angel. Right. To Thanatos, the Greek god of death, and I'm like, mm, okay. I was like, if I go Abaddon, I was like, okay. So there's a lot of things that are named Abaddon. So I started looking online, and I saw like Abaddon's attached to a lot of different things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that. Mm, let's not go with something that's a little that's that much more mainstream. Like let's go with something a little less. So then I started looking up Thanatos, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, there's not really that much. At the time, you know, you had, you know, God of War that would show Thanatos as this guy that was all, like, seriously emoed out, black hair, black wings, all nine yards. I was kind of like, eh, you know what? I don't want to go with that. You know, was, you know, that kind of vibe. So then I came up with an entire backstory for my version of Thanatos, which is why mine is this nasty, gnarly, bloody, disgusting guy. Such a wicked-looking piece, yeah. as always. And uh, I wanted to give him life. And now you could take a character like that and not give him any voice. And particularly with silicone, you want to make sure that, you know what, you're going to be able to portray your voice your way. And I needed to give this thing life. So uh, being a voice actor, uh, I I, believe it or not, found something online that was this little itty bitty box that would just put onto my side. I put the microphone inside of it, and then I gave birth to Thanatos himself and really went with him. So as soon as somebody would see me turning around on a corner at a haunt, well, well, there was a haunt, New Jersey Horror Con, Monster Mania, uh, Midwest Haunters Convention, Transworld, it didn't matter. Um, I wanted you to see me and wouldn't get the typical, like... I wanted you to get like, oh, like, oh, this guy's really cool. Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's a nice little snarl. But like, you want to see more? And all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, you can actually hear him talk. And that's what, you know, really gave life to him, which is when I started turning him into more of a personality. And then uh, last year, uh, I turned in, decided I was going to make a TV show called uh, Thanatos Live, which was a 20-minute show where Thanatos shows off some of our wares that we have, whether we make it or we have partners that make the costumes or masks and whatnot. And uh, he, he was just actually really funny. Uh, lots of dark humor, uh, definitely more for the older generation. Um and uh, I was just coming up with puns left and right. And I had my business partners hysterically laughing behind the camera. I had my nine-year-old, now nine-year-old son helping me out as kind of like an Igorish kind of character. And uh, it, it worked out really well. And then hopefully with everything calming down with COVID, I'll be able to start that back up again. And uh, who knows? I think I'll hope to build on it from there. I mean, you built it. I mean, well... Also, well, I'm saying as well. Remember, you also it's also Thanatos production. So Thanatos started off as a character. So, yes. and then you turned it obviously into a business. And turned Correct. Into, it turned into. So, what was it? Li- what was it like turning basically the character 
into the business, I guess, so to speak, what was mm-hmm. it like trying to, I guess, it, and make it that kind of a transition? Or was there a transition or was it just kind of, um, you know, it's like, so, oh, we got it. Yeah. So originally Thanatos, uh, when I made the character, was a mascot for another company, but he was my character so i decided that when the other we closed up the other company i was like you know what there's still a huge following for this character i gotta i gotta still stick with it people are asking me left and right like are you gonna do you know work at this one you're gonna do this you know event everything else like that so like you know what let's let's take them a next step further so uh that's when we decided to turn around and make thanatos productions and that was anything from stuff that we were selling and making that was me making appearances uh at uh anywhere from uh, haunted attractions, events, cons, and now I, since I'm a dream minister, now I do weddings, I can do funerals, believe it or not, imagine the god of death doing a funeral. And a back- Wait, and- uh, on the funeral part, I, I gotta tell you, if they get that, you know they got a sense of humor. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and a good sense of humor. Yeah, believe it or not, like, and, and I've been stopped because I, I, you know, I, I like to be my own billboard and I'll wear that <laughs> stuff all the time and I'll have people that are Greek turn around and like, you, you, you know that Thanatos is the god of death, right? And be like, oh, no, no, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. That's why he's the name of the company. They're just like, so you're okay with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm absolutely okay with that. Like I'm, I'm a Halloween, I'm a haunt company, I'm a haunt supplier, and you, you know what? Better for you to buy your stuff from the God of Death than you know anybody else. So I would, I would assume not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, we we really started turning it more into a business, and um, now one of the things that I've been lucky enough to do was I was approached about three years ago. Uh, you had mentioned about uh, doing my own haunted attraction, and that was because, believe it or not, of Thanatos's reputation. And um, people have done research about you know how far I go back in terms of in my haunts experience and working in haunts and building things from the ground up especially with businesses. And I was asked, like, hey, uh, we're trying to do a fundraiser. And we originally had the idea of doing a Halloween party. I was just kind of like, yeah, but if you get who, who's your who's your base? Like, who are you going right. to go from? And they're just like, oh, well, we know we're going to go for people inside our karate dojo. And I was like, no, 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 no. That means you're getting your money from the parents. So you might as well just ask the parents to put in the money towards your you know, towards your uh, fundraiser. Right. I mean, you don't want to do that. You want to get everybody from the outside. So, like, well, what do you suggest? And I was like, well, let's turn the whole dojo into a haunted house. They're like, can we do that? And I was like, well, why not? Check with the town. So we go ahead. We were able to retrofit the dojo for one night only when it started. Now, granted, this was three years ago, and we had it open for three hours, and that line never died. So we were just. And, we ended up closing the thing down at 10 o'clock. My phone was lighting up at 1030. Why aren't you guys open? Why aren't you guys open? I was like, because we're, because we're not. We only did a, you know, a short step. We needed to see how it went. And, um, what I didn't mention, of course, was that all the proceeds from this particular haunt was for Bergen County, New Jersey's first all girls boy scout program and what that means is that it was this isn't like you know wasn't it just be you know girl scouts like no 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 this is girls who wanted to do boy scouts because you got to think of it in terms of camping trips activities things they learn and this was a huge deal 
So for them to turn around and ask me to do this as fundraiser, I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So our first year, we go ahead and we do this, and we made uh, a little over $1,000 for our three-hour stint, three, four-hour stint, and that helped a lot take a lot of the burden off of the parents. So that was great. So then last year, unfortunately, with COVID, we had to think of a new idea. What do we do? Oh, we can't have it indoors. So we take the entire experience. And luckily, the uh, Elks Club in Mawa uh, turned around. and was like, hey, you know what? Uh, you can use our location, but it's going to have to be outdoors. I was like, okay. And I had two weeks, two weeks to turn this entire thing around to actually make it a fully functioning haunted attraction. Right. And we had it running for two nights. Uh, we were able to bring in over 2K in revenue for those two nights. Okay. That's and, great for two nights. And one of those nights was really bad when it came to rain. And we were able to make a, we went from an indoor haunt that was only, two, you know, three, four hours. And we went the next year. And it was a granted. It was a two to three minute walkthrough. It was very short. Our first year, last year was twenty minutes to walk through this thing, and we went crazy. And I would pull, you know, I was making sure I was pulling all, all the stops. I wanted to make sure that I brought in people from uh, that I knew from the haunted attractions um, industry to help teach the kids, the scouts themselves, how to actually haunt, how to do the haunting, how to do the acting, how to do the scene design, how to do the makeup. So that this way they were learning this experience because if they want to get into something like this one day, and this is a very addicting thing, hmm. <laughs> and you know as well as I do when it comes down to portraying these characters. Once you start getting people scared, I mean, this is it's 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 a better drug than any drug you could snort, smoke, inject. Exactly, it's one I mean, of the best. There's there's a video out there, uh, the interview that was done with, believe it or not, myself and. Uh, Andrew, uh, Harsha Jack, uh, mm. on YouTube and then interviewing the two of us when we were wor both working together at Forest of Fear. And I said that I'll say the exact same thing. I'd rather be doing this than getting presents and candy ah. on Christmas because I get to scare people. It is therapy. Yes. It is, it is, I mean, it, it, I can't explain the difference between letting your normal everyday self go and being able to go into a haunt, knowing what you're going to do, which is you're going to scare people. You're going to play with their emotions. You're going to play with their head and all of this back aggression that you may have in your mind or getting the stress out this gets rid of it and you're doing it in character and you're doing it to entertain and at the end of the day that person's scared you did your job that person is mortified of you and pissing themselves and shooting themselves i mean there's a reason why in the haunted attractions industry we call it a gold award and a brown award if you can't do that math you're clearly not cut out to be a <laughs> so um but yeah, and even last year, I mean, we had a little girl, and I say little, to me, little. The girl was either like 13, 14 years old, went through there, completely pissed herself, 
halfway through the haunt to the fact that their friends were laughing the entire time going from that location, which ended up being the spider hallway, which we had a massive spider jump out. And she wasn't afraid of the spider. She was afraid of the victim because the victim was what leached out of the wall from the, from the webs, screaming, help me, help me, da, 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 da. the girl completely right then and there beat herself. <laughs> and to the point where we had to go back in there, we had to clean it up because it was a little, uh, even though it was outside, it, it was, was that, still slippery. It was that messy, huh? It was that messy. So, and we knew we did our job. And I explained to the kids, I said, somebody won a gold award tonight. And they're just like, oh, you mean like, I was like, no, 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 no. Somebody won a gold award tonight. And as soon as they did the math, I went, oh, okay. And that was it. That was the talk of the entire night. So, um, and it's it's cool because now that I'm doing this um, this next year for uh, Ravenscroft Manor, uh, which I named it. Um, now this year we're going to go three weekends, three three day weekends, so nine weekend, uh, three uh, try that again, nine nights in total of scare, which is me doing my thing nine nights with my kid who, believe it or not, is just as big of a haunter as I am. And he's only nine years old, so I expect some good things from him. And even my five-year-old, who is starting to see my coattails and his older brothers, and he's trying to turn tail and do the exact same thing as us. Start him young. Start him young. Keeping it in the family, because as far as I'm concerned, Thanatos Productions is a family business. It started with a family. It's going to keep with the family. And that's the best part about it, is it legitimately is a family. I... Uh, met your family and everything all about that, but it is a real family production team. It's correct. All incorporated here, which is wonderful. You don't see too much of that now mm-hmm. in the whole industry. So to see one is a, is a beautiful thing. Yep. So it's, it's not very often anymore, because you're going to see a lot of them going away because they're thinking bigger, better things. And it's like, you know what, when it comes down to it, you gotta, you gotta keep it all together. And if you could function with this kind of thing as a family, granted, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, headaches that come with that, but you gotta, you have to be able to learn to take the punches. And if you can rise above it, then you'll believe it or not encounter a lot of success. Uh, absolutely. I've worked a haunt for eight years. That was family owned. It was a farm, so it was family owned. And yeah, it can, it can get hectic and I guess the right word would be ugly at times, but you know, you, you put it aside, you make it work for the haunt and you do your, you do your shit and you have it the mm-hmm. best you can. Yep. So 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been doing the haunt now for three years. It upped every year. So, I mean, I, I do know what it takes to help build one. You have one of your own. What does mm-hmm. it take? And what is the time to do a haunt? Like, like from, from start to finish, give us that broad spectrum of what's got to happen in order to basically make it to the first night and then get through, even though it's only nine nights. That's a lot mm-hmm. of nights. Mm-hmm. I imagine you're doing it for 16, 17. You know, it's it's a it's still a big spectrum. Take us through that. Like, what does it take to create it? You spend from the day that it closes down to the day that it reopens, getting ready for the next year. And to not spend that amount of time, you're crazy. Because of the fact that you're 
while you're running it, you're getting ideas of, hmm, I should have done that differently. Or, hmm, maybe if I decide to move this over here, because you'll, as you're running it, you'll, you'll get that, those ideas of what successes you had, what, um, problems you ran into and what things would obviously make it run smoother. So for me, I started right afterward. I came up with the plan. Uh, we had a meeting in that November of here's what we're going to make as a, this adjustment. Now, the good thing is because I foremost, first and foremost, I'm a businessman of anything else. So I want to know how my customers felt about my product. In this case, it's the haunt. So I sent out a bunch of surveys to all the different emails and I said, look, what would you, you know, how did you feel about it? What was good? What was bad? What could we do better? What uh, do you think we did great? And do you think that there's anything else that we can improve upon? And I did. And I took a lot. I had about 30 or 40 different uh, surveys that came back. And that's how I knew how to treat this year. So in order to be able to do that, I had to do all my research on how to make those adjustments um, in terms of, you know, I'm trying to make more gags. Uh, that you would find in a normal haunt, for instance, uh, the uh, the window drops and everything you'd see. I have a bit much bigger version, which is actually uh, my homage to Castle Dracula itself. So, of all these years, I've decided that uh, that original gag that was in that great hall, I'm going to rebuild it, and I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to have, instead of Count Dracula, I'm going to have it as Baron Ravenscroft. And I'm going to make it basically the same way they did it, but with a twist, because I don't want to make it exactly. But you'll see there's definitely going to be homage to it. Um, there's different co companies out there like Gorgalore and um, uh, a couple of others, and they make these big, over-the-top monsters. And some of them are, you know, the actual character that is about seven or eight feet above their heads and they're just wearing a suit or they have what's called an actormatronic, which is where the actor is actually behind a prop that actually looks like an animatronic, but you don't realize it's actually like a nice big puppet. Right. So this year we're going to turn around and we're going to make something like that. Um, and then uh, the other one that I would absolutely love was a gag that came out uh, about seven or eight years ago by a company called Froggy's Fog. And it is what's called a laser swamp where actors can hide underneath the lasers uh, and you have no idea they're there because the lasers make the illusion of there's water and right, right. green, you can have it in blue, you can have it in red, but the actors are underneath. And when they come through there, meaning you're seeing what looks like these nice waves of water, you look like you're wading through and there's companies that make animatronics that pop out like that. But you know what? For me, I don't really like animatronics as much. I like the ones that get, like, get in your face and they're big and like blow your mind. But for actual animatronic, I'd rather take a, a human being that can be versatile, be aggressive in terms of in your face, but not touching because I'm not about that. Right. Um, I don't, no touchy, no touchy. We, we scare you. That's it. We'll get in your face. No touchy because I don't want lawsuits. But anyway. Uh, gotcha. Understandable, uh, understandable. Yeah. And uh, one of those things that I'd like to accomplish is the fact that I like the actors to be in your face because I don't want the same thing over and over again. I don't want the repetitiveness of an anim uh, animatronic. I want that actor to be on their toes, to use every situation that they possibly can and not be this static, 
oh, like hands up and everything. I want them to see I mean, you can have two, three rooms beforehand, and you can hear the actor's name. Oh, the actor's name. You can hear some of the patrons' names. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, then that spreads like wildfire, and every single person hears that, and you play in that person because now it's like, oh, here comes Katie coming through the house, and it's like, here comes Katie, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they come through and they hear it, that's it. Now Katie's in a lot of trouble for the next twenty yep. minutes. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we play on that. Now you can't do that with an act with an animatronic. No, because an animatronic can't shout a person's name. Exactly. Not only that, but now you can't wait in the shadows waiting for Katie to come through. Yeah. And, you know, it's just going to be that, you know, as soon as that little sensor goes off, oh, oh, you're so scary. But, you know, for me, I'd rather have the actor play on that because now the emotion is there. The attachment is there. Mm-hmm. And the actor is going to be able to feed on that. And as soon as the fear, the fear comes through, that's it. You got them. And oh, yeah. get them until that time. Even even if you leave, even if you leave, my favorite actors are the ones that go like, oh, wait, we're going to go wait out in the parking lot. We're going to go get them now. It's like, okay. I was like, hey, Katie's here. And all of a sudden, all you'll hear is the screams come out of nowhere. Like, there, there she is. Go get her. And then, whoop, there all they all go. The best ones are the ones that don't stop when the people leave. Exactly. That Then they're done that. And, yeah, same thing. At, at ours, it was... You would have people on the wagon with them come around. Hey, there's three people's names we've got, so just keep them in it, and you just start calling. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then when it, at the end of it all, it doesn't stop. Exactly. It doesn't stop. Going back to what you were saying before um, about setting up uh, up until this point, um, one of the things we also do, too, is we make sure that we start advertising very, very early on. Whether it's you know letting everybody know like hey we made the adjustment uh, back in uh, March and April that we were going to be open for those three weekends we were putting that out there immediately on Facebook we were putting out out there on Twitter and on Instagram making sure that everybody knew like hey expect big things to come this year because we're open three weekends this is going to be amazing so we put that out there then we start looking for. Uh, sponsors. We start looking for vendors because this year we're going to offer vendors uh, to try to bring in more people and also give more options instead of just saying, hey, the parents are bringing kids and the teenagers to go do some stuff. They get scared. So let's do something for the parents. Give them a little bit of shopping. Get them to, you know, do something that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those vendors, you know, it's not like a, a normal show where, you know, that's for running the show. No. All of all everything that's collected in terms of the the vendors giving in uh, registration. Uh, we're gonna have food trucks this year. They're giving in you know dues, uh, registration fees. Uh, all of that goes directly to these scouts and for helping with their projects, helping for you know their gold award. Oh, gold award. That's Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, going for their Eagle Scout. Um, projects so this way they can earn their Eagle Scout award and make sure that you know what there's no burden on the parents and as a parent I know what that's like Go dealing with sports dealing with different clubs and stuff like that it can be costly and doing something like this is yes it benefits the kids but it also benefits the parents and the parents believe it or not give a lot of blood sweat and tears into this haunt too and they'll be there in costume just as much as they are. And when it comes to some of these builds, they're there as soon as we start building. We're there with power tools, paint, uh, 
all kinds of uh, lights. And we'll be working from, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning until 11, 12 o'clock at night or until somebody shows up and says, hey, you guys got to stop and go home now. So, and right, yeah. when you're dedicated to a haunt, that's it. It's whatever you can possibly do for it. And your mind never stops. And me, as the director slash scare master, as they nicknamed me, um, my mind never does stop. I'm always coming up with different ideas. And from knowing different haunted attractions, from knowing different movies and TV shows and different characters, both literature and through television, um, you need to come up with ideas that are not mainstream because the mainstream stuff is what people can see a mile away. It's the unique original things that you can possibly come up with. And you could take a, a, a pretty much mainstream thing and make it your own, but make it more of a custom experience. So for like our big actormatronic, we're going to make it something like very Lovecraftian. Right. But for me, you know, you don't really see these things. So you're taking something that is mainstream, but not really seen as much. So now let's take that thing, make it big, make it impressive, make it eight feet tall by 10 feet wide or vice versa. And have this thing come at you and nobody's going to be expecting it. But the second somebody sees it, they're going to be like, oh, my God. And that's what yeah. you get. Mm -hmm. So it's not like where you have no offense. Jason or Michael Myers and a haunt. No offense taken, please. I can, trust me, it's totally different. I get yeah. it. It's, it's something where everybody goes, oh my god, and then you'll have the people that are afraid of it. And believe it or not, one of the things that are uh, really um, psychologically creepy to people is clowns. So that's why we incorporated clowns in it. And because, great, yes, we've gone the Lovecraftian route, but you could also look at it as the it portion of it too with Stephen King. Mm. It's because of it. It's because of um, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, John Wayne Gacy. There you go. And uh, and now you know Captain Spaulding. All these different people that are afraid of clowns. Even Eli Roth's movie of Clown. Mm -hmm. All these different things of psychologically mess with people when it comes to a clown character. Yeah. Now, a, a clown in the, as a whole, yeah, they can be creepy. Yeah, they wear oh, the grass paint. But there are some clowns that, you know, what, a lot of times you see one clown, murderous clown, you see them all. Except for uh, Art the Clown. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. That that is the one clown movie. Uh, oh my god, what's the name of the movie? I can't believe we forgot it. Terrifier. Terrifier. Sorry, I cannot believe I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, Art is by far like to me. I feel like he's he's taken the clown genre and made it a lot more twisted because the oh, the, yeah. the kills in it. The fact that he doesn't speak, but he smiles and it's. He's creepy. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he did a very, very good job with that character. And I absolutely loved that movie when I watched it. And I figured, you know what? I, I've seen a lot of, a lot of hype about this. Like, I really need to see this. And I think the movie was only available on, on Netflix for about, yeah. like, uh, 
I think it wasn't even like a week. And I was like, oh my God, I got to see this. And I sat there and watched it. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's like, this is really good. And then, you know, just like that whole scene when they're in that restaurant and he's hunting her down, the, the girl mm-hmm. down. And he's sitting there looking at like, oh, what's the cloud doing? Oh, let's go take a picture. And he's completely yeah. around like this. And then the second she stares at him. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, that's creepy. Like that's that's good. That's really good. The fact that I, the fact that in that scene, just in general, that they go to take a selfie with them, it's like that yeah. makes it all the more creepy because they don't know what's coming for themselves. Exactly. And when he comes back later on, because he was getting made fun of by the uh, the guy in the pizzeria. Yes. And all of a sudden, it, I'm like, oh, they're, they're gone. And he comes back in there with his bag of tricks. I'm just like, oh, this is going to get interesting. And I'm like, yes. okay, fine. And it's not, and it's. It's not the supernatural aspect of it. It's legitimately somebody that I I haven't seen the second one. Neither have I. Okay. So I I haven't seen the second one. um, But to take what we expect to be a human being and make him that sick and twisted, that's amazing. Oh, yes. And give it the clown moniker. Oh, oh, I, I was I was so relieved because it was taking something that was a lot different. It wasn't like it. It wasn't like, you know, uh, killer clowns from outer space or Killjoy or exactly. Yeah, exactly. You could go along that list. That list never ends. Yeah, and then even when you go to like to the cons and uh, and on haunts, clown characters typically act the same way. And unfortunately, it, you know, there's a lot of them that turn around and act like Mark Hamill's Joker. And they'll they'll do the same kind of voice, but they'll they'll all look different. But as soon as you hear their voice, you're like, okay, yeah, it's a clown. And you get you get you get taken back by it because it's just kinda like you had a clown that could possibly be nuts. And then as soon as you hear their voice, you're just like, eh. But that also goes back to one of the things that I teach in terms of my uh voice sessions that I do, where you need to be able to play your actor character and make it your own. You can't make it somebody else's because that's that's not going to be funny. It's not going to be scary. It's not going to be impactful. You got to make your character your own. Now, for me, I can do a lot of different impressions of people, but I'll turn around and I'll completely scare somebody out the second I start twisting my voice around. I'm just doing something seriously like this. And there you go. And then I'll, if I want to be more regal about it and do a voice similar like this, then you get that false sense of security until there's some kind of twisted voice that comes around out of it. And it's, 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 it's all about the delivery. And if you turn around and you see a cat, a, a clown and all of a sudden they go, <laughs> You mean go, well, seriously, the Joker? And there's so many actors that do that and make that mistake. And I'm like, if you're going to be the Joker, be the Joker. Yeah, I don't, agree with that. Don't turn around and be John Wayne Gacy, and then do the Joker because now you just no, don't cross, don't don't cross the streams, don't cross the streams. So, but yeah, the the haunter of mine never it never sleeps, never quits, and you always come up with new stuff. No, and you got to be you have to be original. Have to be. Yeah, this day and age, it's it's tough too sometimes, especially because mm-hmm. I I mean I'm I was a haunter. I mean I'm just in general a horror. Mine doesn't stop with that either. So it's always you could go to different haunts. There's you could literally find one 
that's a minimum of one similar thing with each hawk. Correct. It's and it doesn't matter what it is. And then you find one that's totally different. It's like oh, and you could count like that's maybe one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's even a stretch. I'm not sure because it's you know there's plenty out there I haven't been to, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be original. You have to be able to bring something different to the table, and that's that's what accounts and that's what stays in people's minds. And that's mm-hmm. what I try to appro- approach with this horn. And you're and one of the things that always sticks in people's minds, believe it or not, is Thanatos. Uh, I mean, have you seen what it looks like in general? I mean, I, yeah. The look yeah. alone. Yeah. And our first year, you know, I made a temple dedicated to Thanatos. This is the very end because my character being so over the top. I mean, I had fire and everything. I mean, and you went, walked past Baphomet, the devil, and as soon as you go past Baphomet, you see Thanatos just standing there with this bellowing fire, and there's a Cerberus, believe it or not, on the other side of me, and people swore I was a statue. And as soon as I start leeching forward and they hear my voice, they're like, oh my god, and they ran. I, I They run so fast from me because <laughs> It's, it's unbelievable because I give this character a voice and it's not a voice that's just some audio box that's just going in a loop. No. It's, I legitimately try to do everything because I work on them. I work into that into those crowds so that this way I always bring something different for them. And they, you can go through the horn a second time. Guess what? I'm never. I'm not going to approach you the exact same way because no. I luckily am able to see through this thing. I recognize the person. I recognize what I did to them the first time, and then I start to mess with them. And when you have a customer going back around the second time, you know you did what you're supposed to do. You absolutely did your job. That's 100. percent If it's like the same night, it's like I'm going back through that again. You did something right. Mm-hmm. You know, you did more than something right. You did plenty of things right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then to go through them and see that, and that's where your actors come in, come in, which is, I go back to the actor versus animatronic. Actor can recognize them, especially if you have a good, a good house. Now the actor sees the same person go through, and that person goes, oh, well, we already saw you. Yeah, but what can we do to really mess with you? Yeah. And then you start up in your games. Like, okay, they already know, they already saw act one. Let's go for an act two. Now let's really bring the pain and start, you know, going into it. So, and that's why I've always tried to make sure that I've been able to do with any of my characters. And even still, even with the horn, you have to do the exact same thing. It keeps the creative mind creating at all times and all minutes of the hour. Correct. Like, a, like you just said, animatronic is a human. Mm-hmm. Human will always win because there's always something new to do. An animatronic can do the same thing over and over. Some people will get scared by it a second time. Not many, but mm-hmm. can be effective still depending on the animatronic. Correct. So, all right. So, so I guess, can you give us also a little insight into what will be in the haunt this year? I mean, I haven't seen it, but... Can you give us a little bit without too much giving away? So this year, we're de- like I said, we're going to go more with the Lovecraftian theme. Um, luckily, with a lot of the restrictions of COVID being uh, taken down, I could work more on the character development in terms of not having to worry so much about masks. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I am getting rid of a lot of the things that held up uh, last year. Um, 
a lot of the crowds and I'm making adjustments so that this way they can go through. For instance, we had one area that was the graveyard. I am ripping that thing out because so many people were disappointed with it. So now what I'm doing is I'm just making the graveyard as part of the, uh, the, uh, foyer piece of it and just make it just something that's sitting there. Uh, I'm completely redoing that section, cutting it out, making two really bang up sections to really scare the snot out of some of these people. Um, our other complaint that we had last year was our clown area was too big. Well, guess what? Now I turned around and I went from this big clown area to breaking it up to us. You'll have a little bit of clowns, but then you're going to start really seeing some other really sick and twisted things at the end of it. Clown themed, but you're definitely going to see some more in terms of that. Uh, okay. And then toward the end, now last year, Thanatos was missing, uh, mostly because I had to focus more on Baron Ravenscroft. Uh, this year, uh, I'm hoping that Thanatos will definitely have more of a full frontal uh, approach to the haunt this year, because I do hope to have both Baron Ravenscroft and Thanatos there. Um, and we will be working on that. So, um, and also we have a lot of, uh, surprises in store compared to last year. All right. Okay. Surprises are good. That's what's going to keep the haunt. That's what's going to keep it great for everybody to do. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Where, um, where can they, where can the people find you if they want to, you know, see what Thanatos looks like, if they want to hear updates, when mm-hmm. the haunt will be, where will it be, like, you know, all that general information. Yep. So we got thanatosproductions.com as our website. You can also go to the About Us section and see uh, all the information on Thanatos himself in the About Us section. Uh, you can go to www.ravenscroft.com dash manor.com to look up Ravenscroft Manor in terms of uh, our operation hours, uh, how much admission is. Uh, you can buy the tickets right then and there, and as well as uh, more for what we're doing for the scouts uh, in terms of, you know, we, we're trying to make sure that we're taking that the financial burden off those parents. Who our sponsors are, what vendors we're going to have, and we haven't put all those up yet, but our sponsors, we have been. Um, and also, we do uh, make sure that we show that we support organizations like uh, Haunters Against Hate, uh, which is an anti-bullying uh, group, which is more for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we also uh, support uh an organization called Don't Be a Monster, which is another anti-bullying campaign, which is more toward people that something like us, where, you know, we're different, but we're different and that should be celebrated, not we're different and we're this person that you shouldn't like or uh, start to bully them because you don't believe in the same things they do. Right. Uh, there's this world, unfortunately, there's a whole lot of really sad stuff going on. And the best thing you need to do is, you know what? Everybody should be who they want to be. Everybody should love who they want to want to. And whatever you want to believe in is what you're allowed to believe in. I don't put any of my philosophies toward, you know, push it on anybody. I don't want that in anything in return. And everybody could be very happy. And somebody, you know, who is different than most people, uh, they should all be celebrated. A lot of people out there aren't, and there's a lot of very wicked people out there, and those are the real monsters, not the people that are different. And you know what? You can be 
a lovable monster in terms of some somebody like us where yes we don the the costume yes we don the makeup but when we take the makeup off we're just it's a lovey-dovey show exactly i mean and like like i said before it's a family i mean my my family knows it's me underneath all of that and i'm a father to uh, a husband of you know over 13 years and you know it's everything's going strong and that's not who i am but when i put the mask on it's a different story yeah yeah they always say the the nicest kindest people make make the greatest villains and by that meaning under the masks like it haunts and in the movies but you take it off and what are we we're sweethearts exactly it's the ones who play the sweethearts that are not the greatest. Exactly. Nor normal. Not to, you know, make that general, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, my wife says it. I'm a gentle giant. And when I, you know, even when I'm not in costume, you know, people say that I'm pretty Im- impressive and I can be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. Uh, but, uh, just I'm, speaking from I'm, the truth. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I could be intimidating looking, but I'm, but I'm not intimidating. Mostly because of the fact that, uh, you know what, um, I'm a very nice person. And uh, when, at the end of the day, you know what, I'm, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You have a problem and you need help. I come there, I help you. And I'm all about giving back. And to be honest with you, like, I may look like a villain, but I'm definitely not one. No, not so. even close. Not one ounce close. So, all right then. Well, so for everybody listening and will be eventually seeing this, please go check out all of the links he just mentioned. Check out Thanatos Productions. Check out Michael on Facebook. Go see when the song is coming because guess what, guys? It is that time of year, whether everybody wants to say summer is over or not. It is over. It is here. So go out and give some support to this haunt this October. Uh, can you? Uh, do you have the dates exact? The dates for it, so that way I do. Here, uh, say yeah. them here, so that way we can again get it out there. Absolutely. Uh, our opening weekend is October fifteenth to the seventeenth. Uh, the second weekend we're open is from the twenty second to the twenty fourth, and our final weekend is the 29th to the thirty first. All right, so that is the last three weekends of October, ladies and gentlemen, and that's on Halloween as well. So please go check these guys out. Check out all those links. Check them out. Get the location and go get yourself a good scare because I think most of you need it because I got to tell you something. Some of us monsters really want to give it big time. Oh, yeah, definitely. As as you hear from the man, Mouth of Babes, right there, Mm -hmm. I think he's ready. I know I am, although I'm not not working my own haunt, but, you know, I'm always ready to, you know, rip someone's soul apart, but that's in the nicest way possible, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you're always welcome at my place. I, well, I am. Oh, I am down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, after the show, we'll talk about that because uh, I got to so yeah, see. We'll worry about that after the show. So, but I think that will be the end of this episode of the machine shop. I want to thank you, Michael, for joining me and getting the information out there and also giving us a nice little insight into how all of this came about. I appreciate you coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So this show will be up uh, roughly about next week. So everybody tune in and also tune into project louder for all the other podcasts that involve horror movies, wrestling, star Wars, all of the good stuff. Come check us out. 
go check out Michael. Go check out Thanatos. There's going to be plenty of stuff coming up with them. So please go give him some love. Give them some love. And remember, it all goes to a good cause because the good monsters are here. The bad ones, don't worry about them. Only the good ones come around here. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Michael, again, thank you for joining me. You're very well. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you on another episode of the Machine Shop at a later date. Have a good afternoon, and remember, keep it spooky.